I'm Van Leroy. And I'm Jason Buckholz. And you're listening to CollaboraCast. How's it going, Jay? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Any day that involves breakfast near the ocean and then recording a podcast with the Pacific in back of us in Capitola, California, that's, that's a good day. I'm, I'm happy with it. How about you? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be back here. Um, this isn't our first time at this beach. A few years back, we celebrated your birthday here, ate some cake while sitting in the sand with our good friend Charna. And... Um, yeah, that was the last time I saw you in person. Yeah, and then the pandemic got in the way, but here we are. We are ready to keep going, We're ready to talk about some stuff around writing, creation, the competition for your attention, and how all of these things interact, and how everyone's on their own journey as far as what works for them and what needs to be satisfied so that they can feel happy and fulfilled. And this stems from a couple of conversations that we've had over the course of this weekend. This weekend being the, the big Collaborist Fall Summit. Collaborfest. <laughs> Collaborfest 2022. We'll see you next year. Oktoberfest. Collaborist Oktoberfest. Um, I think the first ingredient of which kind of fell into a place when we walked into one of the arcades at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk the other night. And you flashing lights, sounds, neon. Nostalgia was there, like because it was an arcade and it was remembering what that experience was like. So it's your memory is firing, but your visual and your audio stimulation is also being redlined. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And that led to some conversation about attention levels setting up a fireworks display over here tonight. So Which will be all the blight lights and loud noises. <laughs> but you right. won't be there for that, neither will we. More, more, as much sensory stimulation as you can possibly imbibe. Um, but that led into a conversation about consuming culture and TV and movies and books and the balance that we all have to find between taking culture in and putting culture out, which I think we're all striving to do. And to say culture, a lot of people are going to think that's kind of high-minded. But anything that, it's not. Anything that we do, any genre, any any type of audience, anything that you're contributing artistically for other people to pick up and read or watch or listen to, it's, it's all part of, it's all part of our, our culture. And I actually just got really tripped out with, you said, consuming culture. And the way that we commonly understand that is the culture that we take in and that we are choosing to eat, digest, etc. But you could also hear consuming culture as that the culture itself is consuming us. And those are two very different situations, same two words, but very two different things like the abundance the excess of flashing lights and loud noises can be harmful to us because it is consuming us that it that it is 
a monster in search of an audience and it comes to consume us like it needs an audience we are a potential audience so it comes in and does that and that fight between what am i choosing to take in versus what is eating me is really i think at the heart of what this discussion is where does the agency of i am choosing to watch this because it is what I want to do in this moment versus this thing is being foisted upon me, which is stopping me from being able to do the things that I want to do that may also fall under the banner of culture, like writing or painting or music or, or whatever. Yeah, that's very well put. It reminds me of, it reminds me of a phrase that I learned probably way back as an undergrad and that's the, the culture of lack which is what advertisers really try to foster in us. It was like, we're not complete unless we have this thing or own this thing or are associate, associate ourselves with this brand or go buy this thing. Um, and I think that's the default kind of mode that a lot of people run around in. It's like, well, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need my social status, I need to know this, I need to be a part of this conversation. It's FOMO, FOMO as a cultural paradigm and as, as an economic engine. And it's so easy to slip into. So I think that something that we all need to do is to try to be aware of that and try to take a step outside of that and observe our consumer behavior from a little bit more of a, a, a practical and dispassionate standpoint. How much do we really need all of these things? And, and this came up as part of a conversation about as writers, as artists, as writers ourselves specifically, but as any artist looking to contribute something has to also understand the culture to which they are contributing, which means we have to watch TV and movies and read books. And it's not something that we can do in a vacuum, but, but how do we find that balance? How do we figure out how and when to take things in, how and when to shut them off? And we've been talking about silence. We've been having this conversation about the third mode, which is neither producing nor consuming, but kind of this empty space in between where we are letting things settle down, letting letting that kind of ebb and flow reach a, a calmer state where we can be more thoughtful about all this. And it's hard in this day and age to believe that stillness and silence is acceptable because the din around us is so great that it feels like it's a necessity that we participate in it. And there is a lot of uncomfortableness that comes with choosing to remove yourself from that because in some ways that sound and all of that activity becomes the familiarity that we rely on to give our lives context so to remove ourselves from that is is going to knock you off balance likely but it does provide such an amazing opportunity to think about and course correct if needed and you know where am I and is this where I want to be and what am I doing and is this what I want to be doing all of those questions that we don't have time for if the volume is too loud off balance in the short term 
but then I think it is it's a recalibration and then when we walk through that period of silence then I think we can find a greater stasis I when I started really getting quiet letting myself have these long periods of uninterrupted quiet there were a few big changes that that well one of them is that I discovered how sensitive I was to caffeine just on a physiological level I stopped I was someone who was I was drinking three four cups of coffee every morning fine like I didn't I didn't notice any harmful effects and then all of a sudden I realized how jittery I was how I, I was just so much so aware of a cycle of emotions and physiological responses to it which which all of a sudden was putting me into these extended periods of real crankiness. Yeah, it's fascinating to me because coffee is, we live in this fast paced world, everything is moving and we think, okay, well we need energy to participate in that, therefore I'm going to drink coffee and it becomes a matter of if I am to participate in this economy of the human condition then I need to make sure that I have fuel and coffee is fuel. And so you're participating in a race that you didn't necessarily even sign up for and drinking gasoline that maybe you wouldn't if you didn't have to feel like you were part of that race. Yeah, it's like, this is what I gotta do to keep up with everybody else. But is that really what we should be trying to do? We were talking about all this in regards to our own, and I would, we would love to hear from you about how you do this, how you navigate this difference, but we were both talking about kind of having trouble now watching movies and how it's, it feels like a real time commitment. You can see the gray hairs here, but we don't have... We, my no, youth is behind me at this point. Yeah, we're 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 at a point where time is getting increasingly precious, and the commitment of of giving over a couple of hours in an evening to a movie is it feels like kind of a significant commitment now. And I mean, there are movies that I absolutely love. There are filmmakers whose work has been just really important to me both from a, a storytelling perspective from a, a just an artistic perspective and you know not to take away anything from the medium but I just I'm I'm having trouble sitting down and watching entire movies these days when I do watch things it tends to be short form TV um, half hours even less sometimes um, you know, one, and then maybe I'll, I'll decide to watch a second episode of whatever it is. Reservation Dogs, I'm just going to go ahead and plug it because we've both been watching that and, and loving it. Um, and then the question came up is to, like, to, to what degree is that just an inability to focus, like an inattentiveness, an inability to sit still for extended periods of time? Or is it really just that there are other things that are that, that give us more purpose that give us a greater sense of satisfaction and then that brings up the question if that's the case then is that just because of this capitalist wiring and we're both feeling like we need to be productive and and as artists it's not the most friendly 
economic system for right. for artists, and so it's like, well, in order to justify my identity and the choices that I've made to do what I do, maybe I just need to be it's a rising grind. I got to get up. I'm gonna write ten thousand words before ten o'clock, or or whatever it is. It's I, tough. Yeah, and so like, and I don't know. I don't know the answers to those. I just kind of know how I feel on a day-to-day -day basis, and I, I I feel like I am actively trying to do things. I think that the silence that we've been talking about is a way to explore our relationships to things like capitalism and patriarchy and kind of all the all those big things, the, the big systems of which we are unwitting parts of. Um, but we yeah, would, I don't even know though. Is it's unwitting, right? Because it's like we know now. Like you're right. It's it's going, but it's like we're participating in it because of either a lack of options, a lack of easily accessible options, a lack of will, or are you know are we implicitly saying this system may not be good, but it's the best system, even if we don't feel like that's actually the case. It's, this is where silence comes in, is that you have the time to like ask these questions and really sit with them and sit with if the answer makes you uncomfortable or if the ambiguity of no clear answer makes it uncomfortable, what do you do? How do you process? What do you do from there to deal with it? And how do you balance taking in consuming culture and then producing things? So, you know, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your comments. We would love to hear how you strike that balance. You know, if you are able to, you know, what's what's your program? How do you think about it? How do you how do you know when it's time to go work versus when it's time to relax? And, and how do you relax and how do you reconcile all of those sorts of demands that you, you feel are upon you as a member of the society, as a self-driven artist? Because in this, in this line of work, we don't, have, we don't have supervisors. Some of us have multi-book deals and we've got deadlines and editors breathing down our necks. But, the majority of us are just plugging away at home on our own schedules, maybe with a little bit of support, maybe with not very much support. And that's another demand. And I don't say demand in a negative way. It's our, it's a call, you know, I, for me personally, it's, I feel it's a calling. It's, it's what I was put here to do. But there's a whole lot of other stuff to do too. I got a couple of kids, I got bills to pay, I got other things to do, and sometimes you want to just veg out. Our studio audience is laughing and also they were riffing on your child hair. Uh, <laughs> That's right, there's an illustration in the background of kids to take care of. I brought my kids to this beach. We found fossils in the cliff wall right down there. So. And fossils will, of course, uh, make you think about how impermanent all of this is and, and what that does as far as your feelings of creating versus consuming. Like, we all become fossils at some point. And what, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Either for yourself 
or for the dinosaurs that follow. And that touches on the conversation we were having yesterday in the Redwoods about the rise and fall of generations of trees and the remnants that you can see. Redwoods grow in rings. For those of you who are, are not steeped in redwoods, um, as I am fortunate to be, but you, you have these redwoods that grow in rings and they're growing from the circumference of the stumps of much larger redwood trees that were there before. So in the current forest, which might be fourth or fifth generation trees, you can see the imprints. You can see where these massive trees once stood possibly hundreds of years ago, just in, in the shape of the current forest. So what are, what are the shapes that, that we leave and, and how do we leave them? And how do we understand that the things that exist today, the most massive things that exist today, are the product of something that existed previously and how do we move that line? How do we become our own ring of a redwood that is going to be around generations later? Even if not by name, even if not by identity, but it's like, how do we keep things going? And for me, specific to humans, it's let's investigate what it means to be human. Let's investigate what it means to feel fulfilled and have purpose and feel like you have actualized the interior part of you that is demanded the integrity of attention and development. And so again, that's a book, that's volunteering, that's painting that's doing the thing that you feel called to do and knowing in your DNA that it will help perpetuate the human the human condition humanity so let us know how you balance all these things how you balance being a, a part of a broader culture your individual purpose how do you how do you spend your time and how do you find ways to get away from all of it and and reset and how would you spend your time do you, what do you dream of where are you where are you needing help and if there were no other considerations to be made what would you be spending your days doing what would be your mix of consumption versus silence versus production Let us know. For story. For community. Collaborist speech. <laughs>